Welcome to the Inspiring Women Weekly Podcast, where women come to be encouraged, uplifted, and inspired to go further, push harder, and shine brighter through personal conversations with me, your host, LaShonda McLaurin. So let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Inspiring Women Weekly Podcast. LaShonda here, and I hope that you are having an amazing day and ready to have yet another great week. So we are back with a new interview today with this month's Inspiring Woman, and that is none other than Miss Camilla Staggers. Camilla is a wife, a youth advocate, change agent, entrepreneur, and philanthropist with a profound passion for young people. She has dedicated her career to developing nonprofits and partnerships with schools, businesses, and government entities with the mission of equality in education and building opportunities for young people that impact them academically, socially, and emotionally. In addition to all of this, Camilla is a two-time ovarian cancer survivor. Camilla serves as an advocate for women's health and shares her testimony throughout communities and churches through her LifeShine Women's Empowerment Group with the mission of strengthening faith, maintaining spiritual, mental, and physical fitness, and focusing on living a purpose-filled life. Guys, Camilla's story is absolutely amazing, inspiring, and so encouraging. During this interview, we talk about how she was able to overcome ovarian cancer, not just once, but twice, and also the fertility issues she had to deal with because of the cancer. During this episode, we discuss the highs, the lows, the emotion that goes along with this trauma, and we hope to inspire you to put your faith over fear. Take a listen. So Camilla, thank you so, so much for joining us on the podcast today. I really appreciate you taking your time out to talk to us. Well, thank you so much for having me. It is really my honor and my privilege to participate in this. I really appreciate all that you are doing um, for women, inspiring women. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. So um, this episode was brought to me by a friend of a friend and she was someone who is going through some health battles and is kind of having a hard time struggling with dealing with what she's going through. And she wanted me to do an episode to basically talk about what to do when you feel like things kind of taking a turn and she feels like life isn't fair. And like, what do I do with my health right now? So when I thought about, Hmm, what do I want to say to her? I honestly didn't know what to say, but I knew who to call. So I said, let me reach out to Camilla because your story is so empowering and so inspiring. And I wanted to have you on to just really help those who may be going through something right now. That's really, really difficult to understand. So for those who don't know, Take us back to when things kind of began to change in your life. Wow. Uh, So I was diagnosed um, with stage 3C ovarian cancer um, at the tender age of 22. Um, At the time I went through it, it was definitely a shock for me. Um, I had been going through some issues that I really couldn't understand such as like bloating. Um, I've had a lot of pain and fatigue. And this was actually like a year and a half in, into my career um, mm-hmm. after graduation. And so I 
just really started working um, in the field that I was striving to get into nonprofit management Mm -hmm. um, as a program director. And I ended up having to take a lot of time off off of work um, just due to being tired and not just feeling well overall. Um, Had gone to several doctors and couldn't get the answers that I was looking for as far as what was going on with my situation. Mm -hmm. And Ladies, it is so imperative that you are vigilant about your health. Um, So I was not going to stop at one doctor Mm -hmm. or two or three. um, And so I ended up finding a doctor who really listened, went in for an abdominal ultrasound and found a fairly large mass about the size of a potato on my left ovary. And from there... Uh, the radiologist called me immediately and said, I think you might be sick. Do you have a specialist that we can send your um, results to? And at that time I did, and I just had my family doctor, the one who I couldn't get any answers from, mm-hmm. and uh, called an aunt, and she found someone immediately, and they uh, brought me in the same day. Uh, took the test there. But she, when she examined me, she knew um, as soon as she examined me that I was probably sick, but wanted to confirm that with a blood test, Mm -hmm. went back to uh, work and discovered that, that I was in fact sick. She immediately called the cancer center and sent me in um, for a consultation with an oncologist. And from there, I was on to surgery, then on to chemotherapy. At the time of the diagnosis, I think it was just a lot for me to really digest. You know, being that young, you don't expect to hear you have cancer. And it's certainly not the prognosis any of my doctors thought that I would have. Mm -hmm. In fact, they had never seen someone my age with ovarian cancer. Um, But adversity was not something that was, you know, new to, that was new to me. I grew up, you know, without you know, uh, mother and father in the household, raised, you know, by my aunt. I, did, I, I had not had an easy life. So mm-hmm. I can, I will say that it's something that I had been sort of conditioned for mm-hmm. in, in my life. I believe any type of battle that you have to go through, it's 80 to 90% about the mindset and the perspective that you choose to take. And from the time of my diagnosis, I was never discouraged. I never um, my faith ne- never wavered. And that's really the thing that got me through. And so I literally beat stage three C cancer within uh, four months, four months. Wow. Um, and so it was just, yeah, it's such a blessing. That was the first time that I was diagnosed, of course. Okay. And then I, um, and two years later, six years into my marriage, um, discovered that the cancer had returned. And I will say that this time was a lot more devastating. Yeah. You know, I still went in it with the same mindset because I knew that Jesus won that battle a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And by mm-hmm. his stripes, I was healed. So regardless of what the report said, I knew that God had the final say. Right. And so mm-hmm. that's what I choose to walk in. So I never looked like what, what I was going through mm-hmm. um, because I chose not to accept that. That doesn't mean that I didn't process, I didn't give myself that time to process through it, but I still believe that it was already done. It was already finished. So while I maintained that same mindset um, during the recurrence, 
it was devastating because of what that meant for my fertility and what that meant for my new, my brand new husband who, who desires to have children um, just like me. And, um, and we found out six months into us trying um, because when I went into remission, my oncologist was very open and said, hey, I'm not saying that this is not going to return. So whatever you th- you're thinking about doing with fertility, um, whenever you find that special someone, you know, start working. Mm-hmm. And, um, mm-hmm. and so six months into that is when we discovered uh, that I had to stage 3C ovarian cancer. It had returned. Wow. So I didn't realize that this was, this was twice. I knew about it when it came back, but I didn't, I guess I didn't realize that there was a coming back thing. I thought this was the first time. I didn't realize this was the second time that you were dealing with cancer. So how do you, how do you handle the news? It sounds like you were very positive. You were very grounded in your faith, which really, really helped. But like you said, when the second time was more devastating, how do you handle that initial initial blow like emotionally how do you handle it when you hear something that you're not really expecting to hear so I had to give myself some time to not be okay yeah you you can visit pity city but you cannot stay there (laughs) I like that pity city (laughs) (laughs) and so I told so yes I was extremely sad um um, because, and, and I will admit, I immediately went into the grieving process for the children that, in my mind at that time, I would never have, mm-hmm. you know, biological. And um, and so I grieved for um, about a day, <laughs> literally a day. Um, but we know that grieving is a, a cyclical thing. So, yeah. you know, I did end up dealing with it over time. Went to a church service, and of course, I asked for as much prayer as I I could get. And when I left that service, I left with so much supernatural peace Mm. and joy. And literally every day when I opened my eyes, it was, I chose to take on a heart of gratitude. So whatever negative thoughts, I would cast that down immediately with positive thoughts, positive thinking, and just calling out literally verbally those things that I was thankful for. Yeah. So because stage 3C cancer, the loss of fertility as what people would deem normal was gone. Yes, that was the reality. But the other reality is that we serve a great God. Yes. And also I still had a loving husband who was extremely supportive. Um, I still had a great tribe of family and friends, I was still blessed to have life. There were so many women that I met in my journey with cancer that within a matter of a week or a month, these people were no longer with us. Wow. When you, when you face death like that, it puts things into perspective. And so I, every morning I woke up, I'll just thank you for life, health, and strength immediately. And so that was one of my coping Um, mechanisms. And it was a lot of work. It was a lot of, Lord, help me be in control of my mind so that my mind is in control of me. Um, Because you know, like, wherever you look, you know, whether it's social media or on TV, you see all these things about cancer and death or about infertility or 
just looking to see, you know, someone um, getting pregnant, um, a baby shower, so whatever it may be. But so it was important for me to meditate on those things that were for me in that moment, because it doesn't mean that he won't ever give me the desires of my heart. It's just in the right time. Yeah. In the right time. I have to, I just have to restate what you said, because that little prayer, Lord, help me be in control of my mind so that my mind isn't in control of me. That is life changing because I tell people all the time, like the battle is in the mind and you have to get control over those thoughts because fear will have you in a place where you can't function. So it sounds like you chose gratitude over fear. And that was the game changer for you. Yes, definitely. I would definitely say that. And it was, for me, it was really faith over fear. I wear a wristband, um, 2 Corinthians 5, 6, walk by faith and not by sight. So regardless of what I see as far as my current situation or my current uh, circumstances, I know that I always won't be here. Um, So this is just one of those things I have to overcome in order to become uh, the woman that God has called me to be. And so I just chose to look at it as an assignment. Mm. Um, mm. It was bigger than me. And and also a part of my prayer was, Lord, help my story, help someone else. Let me be a testimony. If I can overcome it, if I can beat it, so can they. And also another thing that I would say is that cancer can't steal your joy. It can't steal your peace. That's something you with your mindset you choose to have. Right. You choose yeah. to have. So you know, also being mindful of the things that I was watching or listening to. If it was something that would put me in a negative mindset, I wouldn't do it. I just, because I couldn't afford it. I right. couldn't afford it. Yeah. And surrounding myself with positive people um, and positivity is, is really important when you're going through uh, those hard things. And hard things, it might last for, you know, a few seasons, but it won't last always. That's the truth. So did you ever have any of those? It doesn't sound like it, but I have to ask (laughs) any of those. Why me? Did you ever feel like, you know, why, why me? Because I'm sure, you know, you knew the plan that you had and what you wanted to do. Like, why, why me? And if you did, what advice would you have for someone who is currently in that situation with this why me mentality? Why am I the one that has to go through this at 22? Why am I the one that has to go through, you know, having cancer? I would like to say that I did, but I don't think I ever, I think from the moment that I was diagnosed, I just knew it was a part of my mission. Um, It was a part in me becoming. Mm -hmm. Um, But as far as someone who's in that mindset, because I've been surrounded by it, because I do, I work with other women who are going through cancer. It, to, to me, when, when, when someone says, oh, that person lost their battle with cancer, you can't lose your battle. It's, it's really more so about how you live, mm. right? And so really, mainly anytime that you're going through something, it's 80 to 90, 90% about the mindset and the perspective that you choose to take. Um, and so, yes, you will still have those hard times and that's when it's necessary for you to to work through that to work through that so do whatever you have to do I am a strong I strongly believe in mindfulness um, taking the time you need to meditate 
um, and pray, you know, whatever you need to do to get yourself in a positive mindset and to look past your circumstances, do it and use your pain to help someone else. Mm, that's good. That's a, so it sounds like you were kind of spiritually grounded before this even started for you to automatically know as soon as it happened, like this is bigger than me. This is a purpose type thing. So that means you were connected before anything even happened. Yes. But I will say, yes, it, that's the truth. That is the truth. Um, and, and at that time it took, it definitely took work for me to be there. And so mm-hmm. I knew it, God is intentional. So he knew the right time to put me through that because there may have been a time where it happened to me and I would have been completely defeated. And I probably wouldn't have been here today, right. you know, had I chose to take on that mindset. And then also, even though you are spiritually grounded, you still have to work to stay there. Yeah. <laughs> it's something yeah. like it takes consistent work. There, there, there has definitely been times where I've fallen short, fallen short of maintaining um, a positive mindset and doing the work that I need to do as far as my self-care is concerned, not taking the time to celebrate life and being present in the moment. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. When I lost, so during my second time, my second battle with ovarian cancer, um, right after I was finished finished chemotherapy um, and my cancer levels were pretty low, we were adamant about moving forward with our fertility. And um, it was something that I, my oncologist actually called our fertility doctor as soon as he hung up with me to give me the news that the cancer had returned. That's how much, you know, we, we had a relationship for over three years, but he wanted that for me. Right. Um, when he right. left the other ovary, it was so that he could preserve my fertility because I was so young. And literally after we hung up, I was, I received a call from our fertility doctor. And so we were very fortunate after my time of being defeated, um, discovered that I could get eggs retrieved. And so we had, um, we started the fertility process for IVF and they were able to uh, retrieve seven eggs out of a cancerous, or they call them follicles, seven follicles out of a cancerous ovary. To me, that was a miracle. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was a miracle. And so you, and then that's another thing, like choosing to rejoice in the small miracles. Yeah. Like even when you're going through the illness, you have to rejoice in the good days you have because you have some good days, you have some really bad days. Mm-hmm. Some days you can't get out of the bed. Some days you can't eat. Some days you can't walk to the bathroom for yourself. But when you have those good days, take time to celebrate those small miracles. Yeah. Um, so important, so important. And so, you know, although it wasn't the ideal number, typically people get hundreds of follicles when they go in. I was just glad. I was like, yes, seven follicles, his number of completion. Yes. <laughs> and five of those fertilized and we ended up with three. I said, okay, my little blessed trinity. <laughs> and we froze those embryos while I was undergoing treatment. And literally a few months after I finished treatment, and I didn't realize at the time that I wasn't ready. Again, that that anytime you go through something traumatic like this, it takes time for you to work through it so that you can be sound spiritually, mentally, and physically. And what I didn't realize is that I was not doing the work 
you know, initially that I needed to do to be in a good place for that IVF process, Mm. for the actual implantation. So you know how hormones affect the body and, uh, of course, the brain um, and your emotions. I was emotionally all over the place. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't give myself time to recover from the trauma of going through cancer for a second time. And, um, but I was eager, I was eager to move forward with that implantation. And, um, so we went forward with that and I lost those, uh, we transferred two out of the three and I lost those babies mm-hmm. and it was another devastating blow. Um, because I really, really thought hey, this is obviously what God has for me. Like I had these three that made it out of seven, you know, that's the statistically unheard of. Mm-hmm. Um, so certainly this is for me, but it wasn't. And I didn't give myself, I didn't give myself that time to not be okay. Um, the day that I found out that I lost those two babies, I went straight back uh, to work and you know, if you don't take time to work through those things, it starts to manifest in other ways. Yes. <laughs> and it did. I was faced uh, dealing with depression and anxiety. Yeah. Um, and then that's when I got back into doing the hard work, um, praying and meditating in the morning, taking my thoughts into captivity. Mm-hmm. Um, every mo- Because I would literally wake up and feel like, Someone had a knife to my throat. Um, That's the type of anxiety um, and depression that I was dealing with. And again, it just took that choosing to have a positive mindset and casting those negative thoughts down. I'm I'm glad you you mentioned that because I heard you mention traumatic. And I don't think people realize that going through a life-changing illness is traumatic also. No, it's not, you know, being held up at gunpoint or a car accident, but it is mm-hmm. still traumatic. And I don't think a lot of people understand that changes in your health like that, that's traumatic as well. And it can cause anxiety and depression. So I'm really glad that you mentioned that to kind of free people of thinking, oh, I shouldn't, you know, it's, it, I'm past it. You know, I'm not sick anymore. I should be okay. But these are things that it takes time to get over because it was a real shock to the system. Exactly. It takes time to recover from that. It does. And if you go to a lot of cancer centers, they have um, recovery centers for people who have survived cancer because it, it is a lot mentally, spiritually, um, and emotion, physically and emotionally. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if, and if you're not, you know, consistent in taking care of self and prioritizing um, time for you um, and being intentional about self-care, then you can fall into that cycle of constant stress and depression and anxiety, which doesn't do well for you maintaining and staying um, healthy. Right. Exactly. Well, let me ask you about friends and family, because you mentioned having the support of your amazing husband throughout this process. So how do you, what do you recommend that friends and family do to support somebody who is going through something like this? Because they may be feeling really, you know, sad and down and worried, and you may not want the energy around you, or they just may not know what to do and how to be helpful to someone who was going through something. So what did you find to be the most helpful thing that friends and family can do to support somebody? I think it's important, just like you said, for them to keep 
the right type of energy. That person surrounded with positivity. Mm-hmm. They don't need to hear about statistics or the latest stories that you've heard about okay. that illness. Yeah. No, they don't. They don't, they don't need to, to hear that or um, for you to send them um, think, uh, alternative plans for them to overcome. People have to deal with things the way that they need to deal um, with it. The best thing you can do is surround it with a lot of love, a lot of pos- positivity and a lot of support. When someone's going through an illness, it's hard for them to do for themselves a lot of the things that they would normally do. They don't have that energy. And even if they do, they should be focusing that energy on healing and being right. and becoming well. Um, and so anytime that you can step in for that person um, to bring by food or whatever it may be, you know, the person may have different needs. But the main thing is, you know, it, and it's okay because I'm for, for friends and family to grieve because a lot of times it is harder for the family to uh, go through something like that than it is for the person who's actually going through it. Yeah. And um, so it's okay for you to be sad and it's okay for, you know, you to even be angry or whatever type of emotions that you have to go through in order to process that this is happening to your loved one, but just don't do that in front of that person. Yeah, that's good advice. That's good advice because I don't think sometimes people realize that they're trying to be helpful, but you sending me this article is not really helping me right now. So that's right, good advice right. for for the family right. members. So and not to pity them, not to pity them. Hmm. Also, yeah, yeah, that's that's a that's a big one because I don't think they mean it. Because I know I guess I've been guilty of just feeling really sad, you know, or kind of feeling sorry, you know, that somebody's going through something, but. I'm, I'm assuming you don't, you don't want that. Definitely not. Um, you know, I didn't want to be treated like the sick person or, oh, that's so sad. I'm, you know, I feel bad for what, what they're going through. It's okay for you to empathize with that person. You just have to learn how to empathize with them. Right. Um, that's good. Okay. So you beat cancer once, you beat cancer twice, mm-hmm. dealt with fertility, where are you physically and mentally and spiritually now? Well, over the last couple of years, it has definitely taken um, me some time because during the um, time with the that I lost the two babies, um, I definitely delayed my healing um, by not taking the time that I needed to process through that. People often think if, you know, a child was never here, that that grieving, you don't mourn the same as someone who actually birthed a child Mm -hmm. and lost it. I didn't even realize it, that I needed to go through that, that mourning and grieving process for that until it just one day hit me in the face Mm -hmm. and I literally couldn't get out of my car. And so it has been a journey of faith, fitness, and focus. And so- Yes. So so over the last couple of years, it has been there for me. And um, so doing a lot of work spiritually, um, making sure that I consistently um, taking the time to meditate and deepen my relationship, you know, with God. So that is starting my day with him and ending my day with him, Mm -hmm. um, practicing that mindfulness. So being in the here and now. So that has required me and 
and we spoke before and you asked me the question, you know, why haven't you been on social media? It really has taken, like, sometimes you have to do those dramatic things. Yes. In order to do the work that you need to do to be your best self. Yes. And so I could not for a long time scroll through social media or even post on social media because I needed to, for, you know, it was, it was very twofold. I needed to spend all of my energy and time in recovering and being my best self. And then also, you know, again, when you're scrolling through, there's a lot of things that you can see that are triggers um, for someone who hasn't completely healed. And so I very, it was, it was drastic, but again, taking baby steps to get myself back there. It was very refreshing to take the time that I reclaim, not to reclaim the time that I was spending on social media to work on self. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so whether it was reading, praying and meditating, meal, meal prepping, whatever I needed to do for myself or taking the time to get out um, with my husband, get out into nature. He is very country. So he loves to, <laughs> he loves to get outside and, and hunt and fish, but taking that time to do that, because, you know, when you go also go through, through the illness, you have to realize like your spouse also goes through right. that as well. Right. And so there was a lot of time that he was carrying 90%, you know, uh, of the marriage. And so again, just want to prioritize, um, the things that I feel mattered the most. And so that's what I have been doing over the last couple of years to regain my spiritual, mental, and physical health. And I am glad to say that I am now in a great place, um, in a very great place, and just working on being consistent in that Mm -hmm. so that I am prepared for the time when I am ready to become a mom, whether that's with through IVF, through adoption um I want to be whole yeah don't we all but it sounds like you're so there I'm so (laughs) thank you at all you are so there and it's just so beautiful to see thank you I appreciate that (laughs) well Miss Camilla thank you so much for your time and for sharing your story like I've been sitting here getting kind of teary-eyed because it's just so you've gone through so much but when I tell you that the flower that has bloomed is so beautiful I'm so serious. So um, thank you so much for sharing and for inspiring. And I hope that those who are going through something or know someone who's going through something can really listen to this and take some notes on, you know, how to handle it when, when God throws some challenges at you, know that you can handle it. And she has proved that you can handle it. So thank you so much for inspiring. That's right. <laughs> well, thank you so much for inspiring us as well. I really appreciate the opportunity to share Uh, my story. No problem. Thank you. So guys, I hope that you feel inspired to remember the importance of positive thinking and gratitude when facing hard times. To do the work towards recovery after experiencing difficulties and trauma and to always choose faith over fear so you can be a living testimony of how to turn lemons into lemonade. So until next time, stay encouraged and inspire someone else along the way.